Welcome to Plan a Happy Life. I'm your host, Stephanie Fleming, creative entrepreneur and happiness activist. I'm on a mission to create a happy life movement. Each week, I'll be joined by my daughter, Kayla, for some honest conversations about how you can plan your happiest life yet. So what are we waiting for? Let's get happy. Hey, Kayla. Hey, mom. Welcome back to another episode of Plan a Happy Life. And today we have a guest that, Kayla, I know you know very well. I do very, very well. (laughs) So today we have my son, Kayla's brother, Tyler Ramatula, with us. Hey, Tyler. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's really nice to meet you. Yeah, great to meet you guys. (laughs) Happy to have you. Huge fan over here. Oh, wow. Thank you. Us as well. We're big, big fans. Huge fans. Probably your number one fan. That's the right answer. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why we wanted to have Tyler on the show is, number one, I love him so much. He's so great, right? We're going to have a family affair here. I love you guys, too. Let's get this out of the way. Let's get the love out of the way. He loves us. He said it. I knew. He always says it now. (laughs) Virtual hug, since we're all still in quarantine. Um, And we haven't seen... Tyler does drive-bys with uh, the boys, with my two grandsons, and uh, and his pregnant wife. And that's all. we, We get to see them from afar, so virtual hug for Tyler. But as we were going through trying to figure out where we're going to take the podcast during quarantine and what were some really uh, applicable topics, Tyler, you came to mind for me because number one, you're a very accessible guest. So that's awesome. (laughs) But (laughs) even more, you you didn't just don't mention about the check that you're writing me. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) We're bribing a pretty big number. I've already given you a huge number <laughs> over right. a lifetime. <laughs> good point. Yeah, good. Um, but anyway, Tyler was. I'll tell you a little bit about why I have Tyler here today, and then he'll. I'll let you introduce yourself, Tyler, a little bit. Um, sure. So it's not just your mom telling all about you. You can brag about me. That's fine. Okay, cool. So the reason why is that Tyler um, was a collegiate and professional athlete. Played baseball through high school and college at UCLA, and then was drafted uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals organization and played uh, minor league baseball. And throughout his um, career playing baseball, obviously people know that, you know, to be an athlete physically, you need to be in the best shape of your life. But what I think a lot of people may not realize um, is the mental toughness that it takes and the training that it takes mentally to be an athlete. And I thought that you could share some of the things that you've learned throughout uh, your career in baseball, because I think that's really applicable for all of us in life and how we can learn to really train ourselves m- to be mentally tough to get through some of the tough times in life, you know, like right now, and then also how to thrive when things are really good. So um, so that's why I thought you'd be so great to talk about Um, some of those things on the podcast. So why don't you um, explain or introduce yourself to our listeners a little bit more than that and tell us anything you'd like us to know? Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks again for having me. Um, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you guys obviously watched me um, kind of grow up playing sports and, and as many of, I'm sure the listeners out there know are you know familiar or seen people you know were played sports growing up themselves and see that it really you know sports teaches you so much about life and it wasn't till until I actually started to accept the the, the power of my mentality and mm-hmm. how it affected my success level um, on the field um, but you know th- that was that was a part of my life that I really saw it play out and, and I think now I still carry a lot of those same same things and I apply it to my life now. 
right? And I can see that where I feel like there was a time in your life that baseball came really easily to you, right? And you can say if if I'm being a mom, but you know, from the time he was little, he's not joking. That's all he wanted to do. I think you played what, Tyler? Like one season of soccer at like how old? Yeah, one season of soccer at six years old, and then <laughs> once I picked the I, I picked the ball up with my hands, and everybody laughed at me, and I thought that was Aww. probably the last time I wanted to. Poor buddy. <laughs> it's like soccer is not for me. Also, there was Little a lot buddy. of running because you were like, yeah, yeah. I, didn't like the, I didn't like as much running. So baseball constant running. <laughs> Baseball's got like a sprint. I think you played a little basketball, but also that's a lot of running. And so we we kind of encouraged you to try new things. You did some karate, which you liked for a little bit. And then it was like, but all you wanted to do was play baseball. So we're like, look, yep. he's tried. This is what you want to do. So and you were always just one of the best players out there. And I think you have a lot of natural talent. So that natural talent, right, kind of took you through, I think, I don't know what you would say, like maybe did you feel it in high school that you had to start working harder? When was it that you felt like, you know, gosh, I have this now, this is coming easy to me. And when did you feel like, oh, shoot, this is more of a game that I need to start, you know, uh, really committing more than just like the skills it takes on the field? Yeah. Well, um, like you said earlier, I was brought up and I was surrounded by a lot of, you know, um, a lot of really uh, influential coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, The first one that comes to mind, and I think where I really understood that, um, I really, it was something I needed to work at. And I mean, I obviously enjoyed playing baseball, but to take my game to the next level, um, mm-hmm. was when I met my coach, John Elliott was, um, I was probably what, 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a former minor league player. Um, kind of, I think you would agree as a parent, he was a little rough around the edges, but yeah, he was I'd a, say, yeah, just a, just a <laughs> just little, a little. <laughs> but I, with that being said, he was, you know, preparing us for that next, you know, any of those next stages, as far as we, as hard as we were going to work, um, he was going to help us get to those next levels and prepare us. So, um, I think around that age is when I, when I really kind of started to accept the, okay, well, I'm going to have to really work at this. Um, and I, I wouldn't say necessarily then is when I, I, I you know, adapted a, a more mentality, but it was just where I became more serious about it. Well, and he was definitely not a participation award coach. <laughs> would no. you say no so no the uh, exact opposite the exact this was like so so uh tyler played on a i guess it's called travel ball more of a competitive league um with john elliott as his coach and um the one thing tyler's dad was a former baseball player as well so he knew he wanted somebody that was going to be able to teach the fundamentals of baseball not really worry about the wins too much and really like coach you through right and have you learn like how to work really hard and he was always fair he was really hard and as a mom you're like oh my god that's so sad it's my little boy and you were such a sweet little sensey boy um and so (laughs) i was (laughs) and so like thanks a lot mom no i i I was um, yeah we'll talk about how to develop the confidence in a little bit because you were you were very naturally gifted but you were really sensitive and so um so John was just one of those coaches that was like, look, you need to work hard. You will lose. In fact, sometimes we might need to lose in order to, um, you know, to deve- to help you develop more of a, I guess, more of the mentality. Right. But he wasn't necessarily so concerned about the outcome of the game, but in how to develop you as a player, which I actually think is really applicable um, in life in that lesson, you know, being your first lesson at like such a young age and watching somebody who was like, Look, I know you're little and he was he was tough, but not unfair. Right. 
Yeah. Don't you think? And so, yeah. So he, so tell us a little bit about like. As long as, as long as you were going to put in the work. True. You know, he he was going to be fair to you, you know? Um, But I, I, that, that kind of, um, he instilled just the, the work ethic part Mm -hmm. of my, uh, of, of baseball, which, you know, obviously is translating into more, it's a bigger picture life type of lesson from him. Oh, for sure. And as, as parents, I mean, there are a lot of people that, you know, we are not, I'm not necessarily a parent who I don't believe there's any, there's a certain amount of time when somebody's really little or needs to have participation, but then we all need to learn that sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. Right. And then mm-hmm. also, we also need to learn that winning every game or winning everything at life is not what's going to make you or get, make you better or get you farther down the road or make you more successful. It's what you learn. So in those games, I remember him saying, we're not going to have a pitcher throw an off speed pitch when he doesn't need to. We need, we didn't tell me about like, didn't he say something about like the fastball? You needed to learn to command a uh, command of your fastball as a pitcher before I'm ever going to let you do something easy. I'm yeah. not saying that right, but <clears throat> no, y- y- essentially the same thing. Yeah. I mean, um, he, he was more, you know, you, you want to make sure you get down the fundamentals or else the, the rest of the stuff, the more advanced stuff that comes after, if you don't have a solid foundation, it isn't going to work in that specific, you know, instance, it was your curveball is not really going to be that beneficial for you if you can't spot it with your fastball so that yes um in a more uh baseball specific yeah that was one <laughs> it's like i got the concept and uh-huh. i'm sure anybody who knows anything about baseball is like yes. yeah oh, okay <laughs> i'm sure you were cringing but um we spent a lot of time there kayla definitely spent a lot of time uh following you and your team around yeah sorry yeah. Kayla. <laughs> no that's okay i grew up you know it made me love the game of baseball and I still do to this day and right now especially I'm missing baseball oh <laughs> my god we're That's dying over spot here right now we're dying um but I think even for you Kayla I don't know if you I took that in even though I wasn't one of those players that was a lesson I learned watching and thinking oh my gosh this is really you're surrounded by parents anyone who has been a parent on a little league field you know that there are some people and if you're one of these people um that it's like the kids are really young. This isn't everything. This game, yes, you want to cheer for them, but like that game, so many parents take these things so seriously mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when really it's the lessons that they're learning on the field that matter more to these young kids and the fun that they're having. Um, you can have fun, you can learn lessons, and it's not all about the win. So I learned that as a parent because I'm not sure that was something that I, you know, ever, ever took in for sure. Right. Um, okay, so let's move on. So that was that was youth baseball, right? Everywhere, thing from yeah. your age of eleven, I think, when you first started um, on the Quakes, that was the team name, to um, getting into like high school, right? You played alongside there. You know, were there anything? What was high school like for you? High school was and, baseball. And, yeah, high school baseball. <laughs> we won't get to all the other. Well, stuff. I mean, you can if you like. Yeah. If, you think it's, if you think it can help. No, but, uh, high school is where I think I really started to see that I had a you know potential future in mm-hmm. in baseball and like, hey, you know, I can go and play, uh, you know, get a scholarship, and I think that or you know potentially professional baseball. So. Um, and, and again, I was still, you know, with John for, um, during most of the off season working out and training with him. Um, but I, you know, I went to a, a pretty prestigious high school in modern day. Um, so we had a great, a great baseball pro, uh, program. I was able to, you know, uh, play under a couple of really, um, long tenured coaches with coach Ikes and coach call. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were some older players who I really learned, learned under as well. 
um, one of them who's who played in the major leagues for a while, Danny Espinosa. So I think just growing up kind of it, high school was where I really started to hone in and really take it a little bit more seriously. Um, in that off season, I was able to, I, as you guys remember, played for um, Team USA. I had an, uh, you know, it was that was a huge honor for me. Um, and I think that, that was, was awesome. what, yeah, uh, for everybody that's listening, I was able to go and play at 16 years old, go play in Venezuela and represent the United States and where the, you know, the, the USA logo was something huge for me. And I think that was kind of, I think the defining moment during my high school years that just said, okay, look, I'm, you know, I, I'm one of the best in the country. And I, I, from that point on, I think I really took it more seriously and, and really that's all I dedicated kind of like everything to baseball at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember from my perspective, uh, I think high school was when I started to see, not that you don't, didn't ever take baseball seriously, but where I saw the turn of like, this is a serious thing. The schedule in high school, I remember like just all of your like weightlifting, um, times and, and extra periods and things like that, where that started to get a ton more serious and you could see almost the switch in like how seriously you were taking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, speaking of the USA uh, team, I remember looking at that. Kayla, I thought you were going to say that we didn't take you to Venezuela. I thought you were going to uh, Oh, my God. I'm go. still, to this day, I'm upset. I know. That's why I thought you said <laughs> I'm I not going to bring it up. You brought it up. No, no, no. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I remember, like, the opportunity that you had, right, to get there. It was like a there was a tournament and the scouts watched all the games around and they kind of like cherry picked some players. There were some um, right. Speed and agility tests, skill yeah. testing that had to go on. And then they watched you in certain circumstances and game um, and game situations. And then they kind of identified, you know, this group of, of kids, some on the West Coast. And then there was another tournament on the East Coast. And then you were invited to Florida. And this I don't remember what the the total group was, but it was like the nation's top 16 or 16, 36. No, but how old were you? I was oh 16, yeah. So okay, so this of 16-year-olds that you go off into um, you know, to Florida, and it's like the nation's top players fighting out to see, like, oh my gosh, you're now really good. They gave you a training regimen, right? To like mm-hmm. before. Mm-hmm. So you really had to go from, hey, I'm just I'm working harder, I'm getting better to now you're an elite baseball player within this age group and you're fighting for a chance to represent the United States in these Pan Am games in Venezuela. And yeah, I was able to watch you too take it to the next level to say, wow, I'm going to have to, I mean, that was an intense, that was intense. Yeah. And and I think this will probably lead into kind of some things, you know, during my college and professional yeah. years, but this is the first more, or, you know, first exposure I had to pressure and like, um, you know, mm-hmm. th- things that are on such a big, bigger scale than I had, you know, been used to. So, um, that was also my first taste of that as well, but that it was a good, you know, introduction into what was going to come later. Yeah. And I think that, um, and I think we'll get into a little bit more in your college, uh, career. Cause I know mm-hmm. that was where you really just kind of grabbed hold of it. But I think that, um, something else I think you learned from that, which was very hard for me to let go of a little bit was you went, um, to Florida and mm. I think that it was before then. When did you stay with the host? Oh, never mind. That was wrong. Um, That's not true. You stayed with the host family a different time. Yeah, but the travel, after. but you did have the travel. So I think mm-hmm. one of the things that you learned was being able to go away. You flew out there on your own and then you went with the team, 
right? You stayed out there in Florida. And then once you made the team, um, flew down with like, you know, without your parents. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and you really learned, I think, to grow up then, then as well. And to kind of, um, you became a lot more worldly and you had just the experience, I think of not just being here in this sheltered little Southern, you know, Southern orange County in California, but you were able to go and learn from different people. And just that, I think that's kind of where it started because beyond then, then it came from, you know, your, for your college career and then in the minor leagues, but you really just got to experience so many different people and regions and countries even. Definitely. It was definitely an eye opener. Um, Everywhere else I had been before that, it had been for, you know, at least for baseball and it was with you guys, you know? Yeah. Um, so this was, obviously, yeah, that was a huge eye opener for me as well. That was fun. And they won. Yeah, and you we guys, won. You the guys gold medal. Won the gold medal. And then you won a couple of awards, uh, individual awards as well. And uh, that was just, that was a, a super fun thing. We just, we as a family spent so much time as your like cheerleading group and we had so much fun. It was, um, you know, I, Kayla, I think. It would be interesting because I think a lot of people would see your position too and say, you did a lot of time. I did a lot of time. (laughs) You spent a lot of time like following your brother around and watching, you know, him in his baseball career. I know you were a gymnast as well, but I mean, was that something that as a kid you were going like, oh my God, my brother's thing again or from my point of view, and you tell me if I'm wrong, you can. Yeah. It's, it's a safe yeah. place. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, was this, was this a positive part of your life? Because it felt to me like, um, it was kind of a, it was a family ordeal, but it just was almost a way that we came together. I don't ever remember a time feeling like I was being dragged. I'm sure there were handfuls of like moments where I'm like, oh, another baseball game. But I think one, I loved the game from a really early age, you know, Mm -hmm. just being surrounded by it. Um, It wasn't something that I was going, oh, I'm bored. Let me go find something to do. Um, I don't know. I felt like I enjoyed spending time watching. And I'm a typical little sister (laughs) that like really loved her older brother and wanted to see him succeed and watch him and having a, you know, having a sibling that was also, you know, sometimes the best on the team. I can say that because I'm the sister, but you know, it was, it was cool watching him be good at something. Um, and all the travel, we got to go to really cool places. Um, so I, I enjoyed it. I look, I have really fond memories and it, I mean, it carried into my adulthood, you know, when he was, um, going to UCLA and then playing in the minors, we got, we've traveled so many places to go watch him play. And I, I, to this day, I always go, oh, I miss baseball days. Yeah. I miss going to baseball games. It's all right. you, you, know? got, you got another couple of rounds of it with my oh boys. My God. So it's coming oh, we've got, we've got it. I know it's coming <laughs> with Tanner, Carter, Koa, and the one on the uh-huh. way. Like you've, you're going to have a full baseball team. Full infield. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I have such fond memories and it just was, it was never a drag. It was always something. And, and, you know, I love the sport now. So it's something that, you know, I came to love at a young age just by being around it. And now it's part of my life. Well, it becomes part of like, kind of like a community and it is what you make it right. Like you there, I'm sure there are a lot of siblings or people that are like going, Oh my God, you know, this is all about Tyler and blah, blah, blah. But I think what the way, and no, you know, no offense to you, Tyler, but I'm just saying like, I think the way we all embraced it was this was our family. You were, you know, 
you were somebody, obviously, that we loved very much and we wanted to go support. And so these things, it was kind of a, it was our community. It was our way of life. It was the way we bonded. And we have, like I said, we have such fond memories. Kayla and I could probably do a whole like book, an album of just like Seriously. following Tyler around the country to support him. But also on there, we created our own memories, like our road trips yeah. and our, and our mm-hmm. things. And so we all were able to experience it in a different way. And I think that somehow sports in general, like if you can make it that way as a family, whether you're just spectators and you have a team, you know, the people that are like, I'm a diehard Packers fan and the whole family comes together for, you know, the game day and you, it is what you make it. And so for us, we spent every holiday. I mean, holiday weekends, what was Mm -hmm. any of the holidays had a tournament, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. And you're going to have, especially playing in Southern California where you can play year round, which is what we we always we always went to hot places. Oh. That was the only thing. It was like baseball. It was only played in like extremely hot <laughs> yep, places. Yep. It was Arizona. It, where like wherever it was like St. Louis in the oh, summer, uh-huh. like <laughs> yeah, Florida, Florida in the like, summer, muggy, like humid summer. It's almost like they said, okay, we need a tournament. Where is the hottest, the hottest most place? uncomfortable yeah. place to be? And at what time is it at the most <laughs> uncomfortable? But you know, <laughs> you know what I will say though, like, I think I'm probably the minority as far as like, I don't, I think I'm the weird one that like enjoyed it, like not the heat, but like going like I was excited for every game, like even in high, like when we were in high school, every game I was excited for. And it didn't matter. I mean, yes, going to like Arizona, going to like junior Olympic tournaments and stuff like that. That was, you know, (laughs) pretty like tough. Yeah. Just as you know, for everybody listening, long, they, we long had days, it was hot. we had umpires passing out. Oh yeah, and yeah, because it was what 116 degrees. Yeah, in yeah. Arizona. Do you remember we yeah. would take ice chests mm-hmm. and we would go as parents? See, even just it's it is what you make it. Like it was hot, but it was almost the memories to me are fun. Like okay, let's get an ice chest. We need to go to Walmart and we need to get just like a bunch of rags and we fill and then bags of ice and then we would fill them with water and you'd have those washcloths or rags in there and so we would take them to the boys you'd take them to all the spectators you know so that you would find Drape ways them over to, our necks yeah because yeah. mm-hmm. you had to stay cool get a bunch of squirt bottles yep. with the fans on them Kayla, go yeah. play over there and squirt your friends uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah those are good times they were fun no, they really were oh my god i'm missing I baseball I so I know. don't cry mom i won't <laughs> i'll try not to till after this but um Okay, so so much fun on the way. And I'm glad, Kayla, I'm really glad that that you have those. But it is it's such a, you know, you can shift your mindset and you could sit back and go, I can't believe I have to go to my brother's game again. Or you could well, you could have all and I know but I honestly I don't think you did that that much. I was gonna say, like, do you remember no? me? Because you know what? I feel like one, I enjoyed, you know, going to the games, watching him play, but I also had my moments. I was a gymnast and and I had tournaments yeah. and, or meets and stuff. I don't know. I'm stuck on tournaments, but um you know, competitions and meets and things like that. I had those and I had those moments. So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't always the Tyler show. So I don't ever look back on it going like it was all about him. Where's my moment, you know? So I don't think, I think that was also a reason why I got to enjoy the games and, and the lifestyle of like baseball as much as I did. Yeah. And I will say that I think I have more memories of you not wanting to go to your own things and complaining about that <laughs> rather than That's complaining so about Tyler's things. That's so true. <laughs> we could talk about that for Can't hours. Like get out of the car. <laughs> no, I'm not going. I don't want to go. I'm not going. You can't, you can't make, make, me. make me go. And this wasn't a Tyler's game. This was a, okay, you got to gymnastics practice. I don't want to go. Get out of the car, Kayla. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Oh, oh my I just God. wanted to go to Tyler's games, okay? Okay. <laughs> oh. okay. 
<laughs> All right. So moving on to the next stage of Tyler's life and career, which was um, getting accepted and playing at UCLA, uh, which is the University of California in Los Angeles. They have a great baseball program, a really great school. It was such an awesome opportunity. Go Bruins. Um, go Bruins. Go Bruins. <laughs> and, and I'm wearing my UCLA sweatshirt oh, right now. So. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, that's so on brand. I, I stole it done from that. you, though. Oh, that's mine? Um, Mm-hmm. You said I could keep oh, it. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm in my closet looking for, where's my Bruins sweatshirt? <laughs> um, so, uh, Tyler, so at that point, that is where I know you, okay, so you've gone through, you've learned from John uh, from a young age. You learned in high school and playing for Team USA, and then you get to college, and that's where not only, and you can share as much of this as possible, mm-hmm. but there were some tough times in your life as well, where which was a really fun you know, an exciting time in your life. But then, you know, your dad and I were going through a divorce. It was a tough time for you, for Kayla, for me. And um, not only that, but you were in now you're living on your own and you're off on your own. And this whole new level of competition for you at the collegiate level. And so walk us through that a little bit and what that was like and what you had to learn there to get through it. So my years at UCLA are probably my most transformative, um, just from uh, you know from playing and mm-hmm. personal reasons obviously like you said you know we were, um, when i was going off my freshman year at ucla um the personal side everything you know with the divorce was honestly i, I mean it, it it affected me a little bit but you know it was also kind of a nice escape for me I'm to sure. kind of just um sorry to say escape you guys no, but it was I, nice i mean lucky, i was able to just lucky go off you. And kind of <laughs> lucky <laughs> focus on that stuff but yeah. no as a, as a player that, you know, Kayla, you mentioned that, you know, coming up and all the way through high school, I was most of the, most of the time, you know, one, probably the best player or in, in most of the things, yeah. one of the best. Um, yeah. and I honestly didn't have to deal with too much failure or adversity at that, at that point in my mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. um, on the field. Um, but as soon as I stepped foot on campus, my freshman year, I mean, I don't, I think admittedly looking back, I wasn't you know, I, I don't think I had that maturity, um, level, um, quite yet. And I still had to develop some of that. Uh, I might still be developing some of that, Aren't we? Um, <laughs> but, um, no, just kidding. Um, but I think on the field was that, that freshman year, I was kind of touted as going to be, you know, one of the, the next mm-hmm. best pr- players, you know, as a freshman, I had a starting role. I, I did earn a starting role. I was an, um, opening day starter, but that was where I started to really, I didn't have, there were things that I hadn't really developed on the field as far as my mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and my confidence was suffered from it. And then my, my playing the, all that my success had suffered as well. So that was the first time I think in my life on, for, on the baseball side, I had been tested, um, with, with some, some form of adversity and I didn't quite have the tools I think to handle it very well yet. Um, you know, there, there was so I think, and I think not, not saying bad to all the coaches before me, but I just, you know, I don't think I was put on a different stage that I hadn't quite been on yet. And, right. um, I had to, I had to figure it out. Some guys do it, you know, are, are able to do that as freshmen or they have things already, but I didn't. So, um, it was hard to deal, to have that failure and not do well. Cause it's just, you know, it's built in pressure and it's, but it's pressure that you put on yourself a lot mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know that yet. Um, so I just, I, you know, from the, the playing side, I, I, you know, I kind of, um, squashed the, the freshman year. It just was, you know, it, it, I, I didn't 
quite, like I said, have the mental side of it. So it affected my playing. And then, um, but, and then I didn't, I wasn't like fully committed, like in my heart too. Like it just, Mm -hmm. um, I didn't know how to turn things around. So I just wasn't, I I didn't love, this was the first time I didn't really love being on the field, you know? Well, do you Um, think that like, you know, as you're talking, I'm thinking, you know how many times when things like, when people say like adversity and the fi- and how you handle pressure and how you handle when you fall down, it really is telling. But it's also a time that it develops a resilience in you or a fight or, you know, um, because if you don't have those times, you like mm-hmm. you said, as far not that you didn't have them in your life, but as far as baseball was concerned, you had always gone. And if you worked harder, you got better. You did better. The, yeah. Like at that point, it was like, yeah. OK, hey, I want to try out for the um, USA team. Well, if you put your mind to it and you worked hard and you did, then you it, it always would result in something better or bigger for you. Right. right? Like it, there was always like, OK, every time you did that, there was a positive like uh, consequence or reaction or action. And so like now you're going like, OK, if I work harder, I should get better. And you're like, no, I'm still struggling or, yeah. you know, and so but it's div- then all of a sudden you what happens when that or what happens to you when you get it to that platform? And you're saying, okay, so now I'm really struggling. So what do you do with that? And you were saying, yeah. like, at that point in baseball, you're going like, I'm not sure I really had the tools, right? Right. At least for baseball, like I've said, um, to getting into the specifics of baseball, mm-hmm. it's really a mental. I mean, people watch baseball and they think, oh, yeah, you know, you go out there and you you, you hit against the or you, you pitch or, you know, field and throw the ball or just catch it. But there's so much more that goes in when you know like the nuances of baseball that mm-hmm. it's really it what it really is is a mental game um and once you reach certain levels you know everybody has the physical tool or not everybody but you know as you not get up, a lot <laughs> a lot of people have the you know when you right. get to college everybody's pretty talented you know they they kind of have that they kind of have the work ethic and um the things that separate you are kind of those mental things so yeah getting into then where i'm kind of made that switch but um, that to end off my freshman year, I, I actually started, I did have a little bit of success. I worked back for, cause there was a time where you, when you, when you go on road trips, um, in college, they don't have enough. They don't, they don't bring everybody on the team. There's some guys who get left behind mm-hmm. on the roster. And that happened to me a couple times. Uh, I think like three times during the middle of that season. And I think it was during then I'm like, look, I need to like, I need to, to, to switch something. I need to make a change. So I kind of, that's where the first time I think I really, yeah, was, was, I responded to it and just said, no, I'm going to change something here. Right. Um, I really kind of then kind of committed myself. I remember instead of sulking while the team was gone yeah. on their road trips and kind of, which I did for the first couple, like, I just kind of was like, whatever, like, this is, this is weird. Like the whole team is in Washington state, you know, playing a series mm-hmm. right now and I'm sitting in the dorm room and you yeah. know, that wasn't a good feeling, but how I, when I ended up saying, look, I'm going to, I'm going to go hit at the cage by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of just sit here and sulk, right. um, I ended out that year really well. I ended out really strong. I don't know if you guys remember, but it was like a series at Cal state Fullerton. There was a series at ASU, um, you know, a couple games that I ended up, I got back into the lineup and started doing really well, like those last like 12 games. So that was kind of my push into like, all right. And then going into that off season. So the off season going into my sophomore year. I just said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to recommit myself kind of, kind of yeah. thing. Um, and then we, we came back into the fall, um, and was introduced. I know that this was a talking point that we kind of wanted to bring up, but I, I was introduced, 
um, by the coaching staff at UCLA to a guy named Ken Revisa, um, who was a sports psychologist. He was a professor at at Cal State Fullerton for a long time. He, you know, unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago, but was probably the most influential person, I think, in developing my mindset and my mentality and giving me confidence and giving me that plan or the tools that I didn't have in the past when, you know, like I said, baseball is a, a game of failure and it's how you, how do you respond to that failure? Baseball, That's you tough. know, if, if you're, if you're successful, if you're, you're, um, to be really good, a really good player, you're successful three out of 10 times. That means you're failing 70% of the time. And then, know? and if you're not mentally strong with that, I mean, if you, for our listeners, if you put that in perspective with your life, imagine if you tried something and you knew that if you failed seven times out of 10, you'd be one of the best. You'd be one of the, you'd be the one of the most successful at whatever you were trying, but you had to mentally get over failing seven Constantly times. Constantly failing. Yeah. And then what happens if you like, what about like, and then if you struggle and you're going like, oh my gosh, only one out of 10 times, am I going to do good? How do I handle that? You have got mm-hmm. to be so mentally strong. So, um, I know Tyler, you and I guys kind of talked a little bit, um, in preparation for this cause you were able, cause I remember that. I remember you talking with him and it seeing even just. Uh, personally, just a difference in you knowing like, hey, I'm getting the tools and you get this confidence in learning to kind of take control of your mental game, right? So what are some of the like takeaways? What are some of the, do you have some points that um, that you could share with our listeners about like what you learned there? Because I, when you yeah. and I talked, I'm like, that's such like, that's life. You could say yeah. baseball, but if you just switched out some stuff that you're mm-hmm. saying, this is all, these are all things that we could learn and, and take into our lives, whether we play or athletic or not, which I am not at all, but this stuff is so important and I can see how it would be really helpful. Yeah. One, 100%. There's, there's stuff that I learned from, from him and, and just my, like, like, you know, practicing this stuff for baseball that I still use now. Um, and again, obviously things aren't going to be perfect all the time. Um, uh, you know, as his life, but that's mm-hmm. how do you deal with it and how do you respond? So the things that we kind of, that Ken really taught us were, you know, the, you know, the power positivity, you know, kind yeah. of going, we, yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> I knew yep, I wanted to start with that one. Yes. Um, but no, like we would start every, you know, he did weekly sessions with us. Um, he would check on us. We would do things as a group and then he would check on us, you know, kind of individually, but we'd all start out kind of on a thing and it was all geared toward being present. Um, mm. and what, what we, he'd kind of do is we'd all just sit there and he'd say, you know, walk us through kind of like a, a, a guided meditation sort of thing. But basically it was, you know, the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. The future is, is, you know, is <laughs> we, you can't control the future. Right. And all you can do is focus on the present right here, right now. And so it was getting yourself to make sure that you're here right now. You're not, you're not, your mind's not anywhere else, but you're here right now. That was, and I think, it, you know, today in life, I still do that now. Sometimes I'm kind of just going through the motions and, you know, it's important to check back in. Um, but, you know, with that, with that being said, that's kind of like, a, um, I think you can probably say it as more of controlling the controllables. Um, I love that one too. That, that's one of my, my favorite things, um, you know. Because going back to baseball, it's it's there's a lot of things that can go wrong, and there's a lot of things that you can you know maybe get anxiety about or, or the mm-hmm. crowd is crazy. This you know oh the, the storms are going you know there's lightning and it's raining right now or whatever. But um, 
you know, you're not feeling that great, but what can you, what can you control? All you can focus on is what you can control. If you start thinking about the things you can't, it makes everything seem like it's caving in on you. Yeah. Um, at least that's how you can feel in the field. And, you know, um, so that was, that was a huge thing. And that's a phrase that I still carry, you know, into my everyday life now. Yeah, we just did the last podcast um, that we did was about acceptance, which is basically that same thing is, you know, if you accept the things that you can't control, right, mm-hmm. and you know that there's stuff that you cannot control, all those things you're talking about, you accept pretty much responsibility too for the things that you can control and move in that direction because like leave all the rest of that stuff behind. And I love the control, the controllables is such a a great way of putting that, right? It just says everything that it is right there. Mm-hmm. And that's something... A really it good. Sounds, it sounds easy when you hear it. You're like, yeah, control the control. But with you, yeah. you think about it, like, but yeah, you kind of have to practice. You know, there, it's it, sometimes you can worry about a lot of things that are completely out of your, out of your control, and that doesn't help you any any at all. You know, right? But that, but those kind of things, if you exercise them, even that's just such a quick little thing to remember. Like, if you start freaking out about something, to even take the time to be present and then say, like, even just think of control the control. Am I controlling? the controllables or am I freaking out about something that actually is so far like I have absolutely no influence over like you cannot stop the crowd from you know for nervous because the rest of the you know who knows what's going on around you but I am I mean I know I fall prey to that all the time um another thing that I a quote when I was doing a little uh, digging on this is that he said uh, Ken Revisa said this destructive little voices in your head are often fueled by destructive emotions try to turn off your emotions and think logically which um kind of does both of those things as far as like yeah. being present and controlling the controllables right because um like sometimes we're so caught up in our own head and it could be about things that are in the future or in the past. It could be about things that are um, out of our control. It could be about something that we're just getting super emotional over. But um, like that, those things in our head, I, I just related to that so much because it's there those emotions, and these are not the good emotions. These are not the emotions that you're that right. are helpful to us, and will really won't let us operate at peak performance when we are just kind of overcome. And I'm saying that as an emotional person, like the minute I heard there's a, a book called the four agreements and one of the four agreements it's, um, is don't take things personally. Don't take anything personally. Yeah. And That's I was the hardest personally offended yeah. by that. Uh, <laughs> I was like, how do you not take things, you know, personally and emotionally? What if it is personal? Yeah, but yeah. if you look at everything and, and Kevin taught me this too, my husband, Kevin was saying like, you guys are familiar with him as well. Um, yeah, yes, <laughs> so I funny. Know. I always have, feel like I have to like, you know, like. I feel like they know him I by know. Um, so Kevin. But he he's really logical. And so he taught me very similar to this, which is, you know, kind of take a breath when I'm, I feel everything emotionally first, which does not, you know, I'm not at the top, at the top of my game when I'm led by my emotions and I react immediately by my emotions. So if I can take a breath and like what Ken is saying, take those destructive emotions and all the chatter going off in my head and like kind of take my emotion out of it. And then what logically do I need to do? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of that process of, I like the quick little things where he's like, be present, control the controllables because it isn't easy to do, but you kind of get yourself in check by practicing those things. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any other good ones? Well, I, I mean, I'm kind sure of similar did. along the, along those lines in, you know, I, I, uh, that came to mind as soon as you were saying that was, you know, 
he would, he would tell us like, you know, if we were hitting and something, something went wrong, you know, mm-hmm. um, the umpire called a ball a strike, you know, and as a hitter, that's really frustrating. And you you can immediately <laughs> jump and you say like, are you, you know, that, that, that for me at least was, uh, would get me going pretty quick, <laughs> but he would tell us, he would go, look, take a step out, take a big, huge breath, like a visual breath. Like, you know, you see based on like now, see it. Say, yeah. yeah, well, you, you especially see it in college because they're doing a lot of Ken's work. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. you would come out and he would you would take a big, huge breath and you would find a, a place where you can just totally. OK, look, that's gone. That's in the past. Let it go mm-hmm. with that breath. Let it go. Yeah. Um, he'd say he'd call it, you know, flush it. Um, flush and, it. And, and that honestly would bring you right back, right back to the present. And, um, you know, that was kind of one of those things I forgot. I forgot. As soon as you're talking about that and just taking that breath can yeah. sometimes really let th- let that go and, and bring your emotions back into check and calm you down a little bit. Well, in baseball, I would imagine it seems like you're having to do what what we're trying to to learn ourselves just in life, but you're doing it like pitch after pitch after pitch or like like a ground ball or whatever, like in a game, you probably have to do this how many times? Like, man, you guys yeah, have to like, yeah. So you're not talking about like, oh, well, I just took a hit here at home, you know, like that was a difficult conversation I had with that person or this, I, you know, and you don't take a deep breath. And so you guys are going like, it's one after the other after the other. Yeah, it's definitely on the fly. And I think that's where if you don't have any, if you don't have anything in check or, you know, like a plan to go to for this stuff, um, it can snowball on you really quickly, which I think is what I I developed, I saw in my freshman year. And then soon for everybody, I don't think when I practice and put this, this, um, all of Ken's work into practice. And I really, and honestly, I took it to heart, like wholeheartedly 100%. I like practiced, um, all this, all of his stuff. And it, I had the best year of my, my career pretty much. And it completely transformed, um, was that your sophomore year? That was my sophomore year. Yeah. I was, um, we, as a team, we were, we went from being a team. So not only, yeah, you know, personally i I found success, but as a team, our freshman year, we were like one of, uh, in the, one of the last place teams in the, well, it was the pack 10 back then it's mm-hmm. the pack 12 now. Uh, but we finished towards the end. We did not have a great year. Um, flip that into, af- you know, after we started working this stuff with Ken, we, went we set a record for at ucla for wins um we made our first college world series um appearance since 1997 Mm -hmm. um which this was 2010 so quite a few years and we ended up losing in the finals but you know as a team you could you definitely say we had much more success and we we played as a team i mean i you guys were there you you guys saw we it was it was a fun time um, was that the year that you guys, I mean, I know you had a lot, uh, like record wins for, yeah, for we started whatever, out, that but that year. was your year yeah. undefeated, like 22 and it, it or was something. so funny. It was such a like polar opposites. Cause yeah. you go from that freshman yeah. year and then literally going in, we work with Ken that off season in the fall and everything. And then we start playing games and we want, we set a record, uh, we won t- 22 straight games to open the season. So we were 22 and out. That was like, I mean, it was palpable. The, the, it was so visible to the rest of us even if you didn't know what you guys were doing it was like night and day this team is different this this um the work ethic is whatever it was we didn't even know what was going on but it was just like a completely different team and that was I mean that was such a fun year we just I think uh didn't you just share uh is it UCLA um celebrating 100 years yeah UCLA on on Twitter it's a hundred yeah I think a hundred um I forget what it is but they're doing 
like a hundred of like their best oh that's biggest moments and oh that's right i think during this quarantine they're UCLA is wanting to at least just relive some of the the past moments. So yeah, they're doing I think a hundred of their their greatest sports moments. And one of those was Tyler's home run. Uh, at what I think it was against Cal State Fullerton. It yeah. was so that you guys could keep going onto your fight to uh, get to the World Series, the College World Series. It was at yeah. the end of end of his sophomore yeah, year. Same year, sophomore season. The same year, um, we were playing in the Super Regionals. Um, we had lost. They play you play a three game series. So basically, the team who can win two uh, goes on. You can't lose two. So we lost the first game on Friday, come back, come back on Saturday. We were down. Um, we were down to our last out to basically, or down to our last strike um, to, for the, for the season. Last so strike. We, come on. Yeah. baseball. No, 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 no. Sorry. I lied. I lied. Last out. It, oh. No, no. Liar. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> Mom, don't you remember the count? It was three and there one. Was Very good, that Kayla. Thing so many times. No, <laughs> We were down. We were down a run in the ninth inning, and then I came up with the runner on first base and hit a home run to keep our season alive. We ended up winning that game, won the next game, and then went to Omaha. So um, at, that was probably—I mean—that's my best and my best memory and best moment I've ever oh, had. Maybe, um, we'll, but there, even in, in that moment too, that's such a like an easy. I'm sure I'm not familiar with how it feels to play baseball, but I'm sure in that moment it would be so easy to go. You know what? This is it you know, down to our last out, we're oh, losing, yeah. our well, season's done. And, and you know, you know, mm-hmm. and this was one thing that the coaches and not only Ken had, had preached about, they would say, you know, in dealing with the, the failures and the negativity, you know, with baseball that we've talked about, but you know, there'd be a lot of times it's easy as a player sometimes that, you know, you're, you're, you're really not feeling good that day, you know? Um, and it's going to happen. You're going to have games where you're not, you don't play well. That's just how it is. Yeah. And, you know, they, they would say you could go oh for four, which means that each time for everybody who's not familiar with baseball, if you <laughs> if you come up to the come up to plate, you know, four times and you could get a hit, you know, either get out every single time. But you you can't let that affect you in because when you get called on and maybe that if, if there's a late in the game where you're you're called upon or, you know, you're you come up to bat in a huge situation where you can still win that game, the whole four at bats that you failed should you shouldn't even be thinking about, you know, you still have to be mm-hmm. able to have that confidence that, you know, don't be down on yourself when your team needs you most. Um, oh, so for right. that game, I was over four on my first four at bats. And then my fifth at bat is when I came and hit in the home run. Um, and it was kind of cool to at least see that kind of play out, you know, cause it was something I, I, I had worked at, you know, it's not easy to do when you're not yeah. feeling. Oh, and another thing that he would say kind of that just reminded me when I said that was, you know, you're not going to feel great. And, and this is, this is, I think the most important thing that I still use to this day, like mm-hmm. right now it's, you know, you're not going to be feel, you, there's going to be days where you don't feel great, where you feel terrible actually. But you know, it, it, our coaches used to say, if, if you have 20%, give me 100% of your 20%, give oh, me whatever mm-hmm. you have. Oh, that's and really good. Mm-hmm. That, like that's that. something even now, like I, you know, <laughs> I'm getting ready to, I have a feeling I'm going to be able to or be saying this quite a bit with a newborn coming in, <laughs> in just a couple of months, because there's going to be yeah. some days where I do not have any sleep and yeah. I might have only a couple hours, but I still, that's not fair to my other, my other kids that, you know, I, yeah. I still have to have some of that same energy level. So I'm going to give whatever right. I have. And that, that was something I totally learned from the baseball field. That's you're amazing. Gonna be, yeah. You're going to be, you know, physically banged up and you're going to be mentally <laughs> tired and 
but you you give whatever you have. You also have the like, I mean, think about the pressure, like take away even just like what you have to deal with internally. Like, oh, gosh, I just basically not to I just failed at my last four at bats. And now now not only am I going to just have to see how I can do. Can I hit the ball? Right. But like if I don't hit the ball at this time, we might just I mean, it might just stop. Season's done. This season's done. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, I mean, and it would be on me personally. And you've got everybody watching. I remember being in the stadium. They had to bring in extra, you know, I mean, bleachers in the back. And you have yeah. the people, you know, for all anybody out there. Of course, this is coming from a mom's perspective. I get so offended and so <laughs> mad when people are like, oh, my God, just do your job and hit the ball. And oh, I want to yeah. I just want to look oh, at them and go. That's the. Okay. Or when like there's a play and there's yeah. like oh, that, he totally should have made, made that play. play. And it's like no, actually that was, <laughs> took a bad. You guys hop, know me. Really was a hard you play. You guys know me that when I go and watch or I go to a major league game uh, yeah. and I hear people talk, it is so hard for me to. I know. Oh. But that I'm practicing my mental toughness and yes. letting <laughs> oh. and holding back <laughs> and biting your tongue. Yeah. Because honestly, though, I mean, if you think about that, in order to not even just like do well but to perform to perform at a top level to continue to go and not just be like throw your hands up and go I can't take this this is just too much you've got to be so so mentally tough well I think with with that I I don't I um you know people always talk about oh my gosh the pressure and I gotta be honest you know you don't really feel the pressure in those situations and and I think but this is where I I think when you practice these types of things you know the stuff we're talking about because your 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 confidence is built on your preparation and oh wait say it again your confidence is built on your preparation <gasps> kayla take note of that that we a, love good that's quotes. a good quote and i love that, that because to me it was like look i i put in all of this work i practiced you know not only physically i've been in the weight room i've been a, several hours i mean our practices were crazy we were out oh, on the field God. for hours and hours um i've put in the work physically and th- you know I've, I've put in the work mentally. I am, I'm in the best position possible. I have prepared for this moment. You know, mm-hmm. I I've prepared. I don't, and, and you, you can only, again, that's controlling the controllables. I can control my, pre- my preparation. And, you know, once you get in those moments, it's like, look, I've done everything I can. I'm going to, whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen. Did that um, give you the, comp- yeah. so that preparation and stuff, and, and you may even say planning, Right. Mm-hmm. So yes. <laughs> preparation or planning or just all the things that you do leading up to whatever it is, an event or a nat bat or, a, you know, whatever that looks like in your life, your preparation and your planning and doing all the th- controlling, all the controllables, everything you can do up into that point, And you get there. That gives you a confidence, right? Is what you're 100%, saying. Exactly. OK. So I then- had the confidence knowing that I've done everything in my power to, you know, I've done all the work. I've, I've done everything needed to put myself in the best position possible. And now I'm just going to, I'm going to play. It reminds me of like, you know, and I don't know how much baseball players or even like, you know, athletes hear from the stands, but I know cheering on, like you hear people say like nobody better, like Mm -hmm. when you step up to the plate or when you're in that, it's like, you want to approach whatever it is that you're doing as if there is nobody better. nobody better and not in a conceited way, but more in like, here's my confidence, you know, when I'm approaching whatever it is and at bat, um, work life, yeah. you know, whatever yeah. happens. Yeah. Well, I think that there was, there was a time I, I, 
alluded to it earlier that Tyler was a really sweet, sensitive kid and everything. And um, and I think you're still a really sweet and sensitive guy. <laughs> but you, you're still but, really sweet. You know, but you had to develop like when somebody's like that, you're a lot of times you're thinking about other people and other people's things or you don't. The confidence is tough. And I remember your dad saying, like, I remember he and I got in a fight, not a fight, but it was just like he was saying, like, <laughs> I want him to be cocky. And I'm going, yeah, I don't want him to be cocky. No. Don't, don't you ruin my sweet little boy. And so but I know what he was saying now is that mm-hmm. he wanted there's a there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness and conceit. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of people feel like if you're confident, you're cocky. It's the same thing. And I don't think it is. And I think what you're saying is so like that difference between like when you have to stand up to the plate and feel like Tyler, I know you told me about how you'd stand up there and you're almost like daring the pitcher, right? Like yeah. you're at a battle because you have to believe that you th- there's such it's it really is a fine line between cockiness yeah. and and gun confidence. So, some people don't understand that line. But so talk to us a little that, bit about that. No, that was a huge. I remember dad saying that when I was a kid and I did, I was, I was pretty young at that point and yeah. I didn't know it, but he was totally right. Um, that I found the the best way, you know, that I, when I was the best, and this was probably around college, I started feeling this was, um, I would kind of have a, like a cocky, a cockiness inside myself. Yeah. I would maybe mm-hmm. cockiness, confidence that I was not going to be beat. I knew that I had done, like, I, like we just talked about, I had done the work I had done, you probably had prepared and planned and controlled all the controllables. And I'm like, I, you cannot beat me. And I think yeah. having that over, overly confidence in a sports setting and even, you know, and in life, right. you can have that about yourself. You yeah. know, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, like you said, there's a fine line in, in being outward or um, showing it, you know, out that, <laughs> right. um, in being cocky. Um, uh, to other people, which you see in sports a lot, but the, the, <laughs> I mean, we would call it because at, at UCLA, we used to call it just having a swagger. You yeah. Know? It was like, look, I, I, you kind of, um, you know, if you feel good about yourself, usually it's like, I think it's another way of saying that, you know, like having a positive attitude. I mean, if you, if you feel like you're, you know, going to be successful and that nobody's going to beat you, you know, you put yourself in that mindset a lot. You're going to, you're going to have more success than when you go up to the plate feeling sorry about yourself or not feeling that great or negative or, you know, pessimistic. So I think kind of, there is a fine line, but you want to you know, be pushing the limit, right? You you do. Like, yeah. And I do think too, like internally you need to be, maybe we can look at it. Like you've got to be your own cheerleader. You've got to be the one that's like your own hype guy, right? Like you're in there going like, there's no, you have to be that cheerleader that's saying there's nobody better than you. There's no one is better. You mm-hmm. are no, you are prepared because if that person's not the loudest voice in your head, then the other one is saying like, yeah. are you serious? You know how fast this guy throws? This, you, uh, you're this is never like a- going to hit this. I love that you said this because I get a chance to quote Joe Rogan, who I'm a huge fan of, and I, oh. I listen to Joe Rogan's <laughs> podcast, but he always talked about it in a lot of his is that you need to be the main character in your own movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved thinking about it that way. Yeah. Because you, know? you, I mean, that's, you have to be able to do that because that, I mean, really, we talk a lot about this is your job. You are the only, you're the one that's in control of your happiness, your life, what you want. And so I love, that's like, that's put so, so well. Um, and you have to be, so I, one of the ways I think that you can balance and make sure you don't turn into this jerk that nobody wants to talk about because you think you're so great and you're going to tell everybody how great you are is there's humility, maybe outwardly 
you know, you have to know that as you prepare and as you're confident that you have to have, you know, a humility. You have, It has to come with compassion for others. It has to, if all of those things are also in your life, I think they balance out, yeah. you know, and um, Kayla knows there's the, that Demi Lovato song, Confident, right? And it's like the main <laughs> yeah. line is what's wrong with being confident, yeah. Um, you can be kind and confident at the same time. You can still care about others. You can be humble. Um, but you do have to be your own hype person. Yeah. And, and I yeah. think a, a huge part is the, you know, having, if, when you do have that confidence and you're going into something, whether, you know, it might be trying something new or in, in life and you're, you're kind of confident and you're, you kind of have some positive mojo going. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't let any sign of failure or things that don't go that way break your confidence and then you kind of shy away from that, you know? Right. Um, and and I, that was a, a sports thing, too, because, you know, you, you can't let if you strike out one at bat that, you know, kind of affect the rest of, you know, your, your confidence. You can't go up the next time. I guess we kind of touched on that. But, um, yeah, it, it mm-hmm. the, the, the confidence and the positive attitude is just something that I <laughs> was so beneficial to me. Um but yes, there is that fine line. Can I ask your opinion on, um, I mean, this is just because I'm curious, but so since we're talking about confidence uh, and the difference between, you know, cockiness or being overly, overly confident. Yeah. Um, so Juan Soto. So for non-baseball <laughs> um, fans, Google, I, Google. okay, yeah. Google him. Juan Soto, he plays for the Washington Nationals. Last year, you got a really good look at, you know, a baseball player who was very, very confident Um, in his at-bats. He would be in the batter's box and he would do this rock almost as if it, it looks like you're taunting the pitcher. Oh. And as a baseball fan, um, I look at it and go, I don't like that. And it was, a, it came off across as too much and too cocky rather than, yes, obviously he's confident. However, he showed up in the play almost every single time. So he's good. I'm just wondering what your opinion, like, do you think that was too much or, (laughs) or did it, I mean, I know it worked though. the baseball purist in me, and Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that just kind of go, that's a big no-no in what he Mm -hmm. was doing. Um, Yeah. But part of me loves it because that's how, that was the, that was the feeling that I had in my head. What he outwardly yeah. was showing was what that totally. feeling that I had. It, um, and exactly what I'm talking about. That that is the mm-hmm. best display of what I'm talking about, as far as having that inward cockiness. He yeah. shows it. He backs it up. But yeah, part of me, part of me loves it. Part of me is like, eh. Well, maybe if he could maybe. just keep that caged a little bit, Carol Baskin. I mean, <laughs> well, here's the thing too: is you'd see him in interviews, and he's like a yeah, nice guy. Yeah. Um, and so it, 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 it you could separate it. Thing, you know, but with, it with baseball, just, I mean, and and anybody, I mean, I guess I can't fully speak to it because you know he's in mm-hmm. he's in the biggest stage. He's in the yeah. in the major yeah. leagues. You know, I was I only made it to the minor leagues, but you know, when you get, um, you have to have a love for competition. Um, in order to, to play professional sports. And if yeah. you shy away from that, you're not going to have success. But, it, you know, that's one actually one of the biggest things I think I missed is when I is when I um, when I was done playing baseball and I still kind of miss is just the just the uh, the competitive fire that you kind of have um, on, on that battle mm-hmm. between batter and pitcher. And so seeing what he does, I totally get it. He's just a little yeah. more outwardly um, showing it. Well, and I will say this. Well, you know how I feel because I'm, you know, 
I'm like, that's not very nice. Um, but I do know what <laughs> I, I know what you're saying, um, because there's something about um, competition that that kind of gets you rallied. It's like, you know, when and I don't know if I even have a real opinion about this, but, you know, in football, how um, like the end zone, like the, no celebrating in the end zone. Yeah. Like, yeah, but you're telling these guys to get like, you know all this adrenaline and all this comp you know, this competitive like nature and this, uh, and they get to the end zone. It's like, no, shh, quietly yeah. accept your touchdown, you know, like, um, well, and that's how baseball has been. When you hit a home run, you're supposed to just yeah. walk around the bases and you're not supposed to flip your bat. You're not supposed to yeah. do that, but, but it's kind of changing that, now. It's kind of that same thing. It's like, is this a celebration or are you like putting it in their faces? Like, so there's, there's that, but, um, even just, competition when I look at it even in the form of business there's something to me that when I see a competitor of ours come out with something that I think oh I wish we would have thought about that what an amazing idea you know there's a part of me that feels like oh I hate it and there's another part that says this is what keeps you going because yeah. the fact that they are ahead a step ahead of you is what makes me you know you keep going going like you know what I got to keep going oh they have that good idea I don't want to you know it, it's yeah. that competitive edge that you always want to be going up to that you know, to that next level. And I even think, you know, in life, I like to be bettering myself. I like to learn more about myself. I want to become a better version of myself or learn something new or, you know, constantly be like evolving and growing and, and really in competition with myself. So even though like I look at those, you know, I like my Mike Trout and the guys yeah. who have all of that and can back it up, but don't have to throw it in uh -huh. anybody's faces. Totally. You know, we're here for you, Mike Trout. Off season, yeah. oh, like yes, quarantine, all of it. We got you. Yeah. No, and he's, he's, uh, yeah, going back to the, to the Juan Soto thing. Um, I don't think he's doing it in a showing it. I don't, I don't think that's the intention is to show it or rub it in anybody's face. I think that's just him saying is he working well, himself up but, mental but, yeah and again it's a little it's a little much but when you got watch a guy like you said mom when you watch a guy like mike trout watching him have the humility he i mean he yeah. doesn't really show much other than like you know an excitement for for doing something great just like a you know um but just kind of more like yeah this is what i do kind of thing you know yeah. um and doesn't really react too much there's a lot i actually like watching that i think a little bit more I think I have a little more respect for that as just as a yeah. human being. Yeah. But I, you know, I understand at the same time, if Juan Soto gets up there and he's, you know, I mean, he's show. I mean, he's showing if he up. didn't, someone would go, you need to do something like they would be the ones on the sidelines going yeah. like, I can't believe it. do your job, man. Um, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Mike Trout is the center field, center fielder. Center Everybody field. knows Mom. Mike Trout. Not Okay, you just said <laughs> you had to explain what Owen four was for people that don't know baseball. Yes, yeah, but, but, you, but everyone you, knows Mike you didn't know if it was center field. You should know that. I don't like I don't, this if, two if, on if one If people thing. aren't baseball fans, I'm not going to, I'm not going to get on them for that, but you should know that Mike Trout's a center fielder. I will get on you for that. <laughs> I just, I knew it. Well, Tyler, mom likes, mom likes it when, um, like a base, uh, if someone's up to bat and there's like a foul ball or, or a, a ball in the dirt, if the batter picks it up and either hands it to the catcher or the, it throws it to the, well, not that he ever throws it to the pitcher, but. She goes, oh, look at him. Oh, nice. nice. They're talking oh. to him. Look, he's talking to the catcher. That's yeah, so nice. I like that they're on opposing all... teams and they're just nice to each other. They're regular oh. human beings. That's nice. Mom, that's not the best competition. Come on. <laughs> that's why I'm not a competitive that's athlete. That's why you're not a competitive. Yep. Mostly. That's mostly why. Not because I. What are you that's why about, I didn't Tyler? get my competitive a... fire from you. <laughs> what are you talking about, Tyler? She was a competitive cheerleader you know in high school. Okay? <laughs> Come on now. You've seen cheer. 
You tell Jerry. That's all right. That's I couldn't. True. I yeah, couldn't but you are not stuff. a you are not a cheerleader on cheer. Hey. <laughs> We love you, mom. Wow, wow. I don't know that this is a good Welcome idea. Welcome to for Plan me. Happy Life with Tyler and Kayla. Picking on their mom. Let's gang up on Stephanie right? Fleming. Uh. <laughs> well, it's it's true though. It's true. Um, so okay, Tyler. So that is your college career. So then um after your junior year, you were drafted, right, by the yes. St. Louis Cardinals. And um for any of you who don't know, that's a baseball team. <laughs> um, and so then you went on the road and had a whole different experience. Um, did you learn? I mean, did you feel like you like had your base of what you learned in college and then you just went on and, and expanded that in the minor leagues? Or did you have a whole new learning cycle as you progressed as a player and as a person um, playing in the minor leagues for a couple of years? I think I, I had the that base kind of established for a success. Um, but with that being said, there were definitely things that you still have to learn and adapt with. Um, you know, you go from, there, there's definitely things that were different between coming from college and then going straight to the, the, you know, uh, minor leagues, you know, there's more travel involved. So there, but there's taking these same things that I, I think I did have that good base in applying them to, um, to dealing with some of the, the life in the minor leagues. And for those of you who aren't familiar, you know, life in the minor leagues is pretty tough. Um, I mean, you're, you're getting paid peanuts and you're literally in, peanuts. Uh, come, come to the clubhouse afterwards and you can eat your peanuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> Food <laughs> is dinner. rough. Food is rough. You're in the middle of nowhere. A lot of the time. How many hot dogs had oh, you have gosh. in your career? Hot dogs and maybe peanut butter and jellies. <laughs> if everybody hadn't rated yeah. the, the bread already. And by the uh, way, also <laughs> they, hungry boys hungry boys and also Kayla and I went and visited on one of the road trips to Tyler and how many guys shared that small small oh, small apartment um we oh, had a, so gross. Uh, I think it was <laughs> I think it was technically a three or four bedroom but it was very it was That's a small all upper level yeah um we made some other rooms but we I think we had probably like seven or eight guys in there? No. Was there that many? Well, yeah. Well, I shared. I'm sure there were. Okay, this let's. This was in. Just... No, it was probably seven. It was seven. Okay, still. Okay, so let's just. I'm going to give you guys just a picture because this is going to give you just a small amount of respect, just a tiny bit, like for what these guys have to go through. So they are paid literally. The guys that play in the minor leagues either have to work during the off season and then basically save up all their money. Um, to help supplement the the years because they really are paid peanuts mm-hmm. um, or they have help. Um, Half of your paycheck essentially goes to your rent if you can. And that's why you kind of shack up with other guys to see how many guys you can fit together. <laughs> you guys are sleeping on mattresses sleeping on Sleeping on air floors, mattresses on floors. And they're supposed to be performing at the peak level to see if they can get to the, you know, to the get to the major leagues and move their way on up and and such a difficult, exciting time. I'm sure we all had fun and I'm sure you did too. But um, so, you know, for those of you who are mothers and if you have grown children, if you ever go to their house, you know what you want to do is you want to clean up after them, right? You want to be like, okay, you know what? I'm here. I'll, let me just clean your kitchen. Let me just, let me just do this. Yeah. And so Kayla and I went and we went to their place and I'm like, um, we need to go. <laughs> we need to go this place because there were so many guys. They don't even know if you guys could even like even have cleaned up if you wanted to. <laughs> no. Uh, and here, the timing. I mean, the, and- the, the hours that we you know, that you play in, in the minor leagues. I think if you actually play it out with what we're paid for versus the amount of hours that we spend technically working, um, you know, it's way under 
what would be minimum wage. Oh, way under. Um, so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, it's not it's the uh, the complete opposite of glamorous. Um, <laughs> with the, with that being said, w- with that being said, it I did. It, I mean, I loved it though at the same time, just because you know you're getting paid to play baseball. Mm-hmm. You're you're not getting paid a lot, but you know it's it part of it and like i said you know if i maybe if i didn't have the some of those tools like mm-hmm. we, we talked about i wouldn't have maybe found the things to like about it you know right like i, I mean yeah we talked about the the pay nothing the the we're in middle of nowhere our food we would only essentially it was like basically kind of leftovers or hot dogs maybe like i said peanut butter and jelly before the games and then on our road trips you know you, you're spending our i mean when I was in double a, when I was in, uh, the Texas league, I, I was playing in, in Springfield, Missouri. We would, uh, there's two, two cities that we were like 16 hour bus rides. Oh, and, oh are you? So- oh, yeah. Gosh. And you have to be able to go and, you know, play a game that this happened. It, we played a game from, it, it, it was a seven o'clock game. We had a rain delay in there. Um, we ended up play- going to extra innings. We went like 18 innings. Our game didn't get done till like one 30 or two in the morning. And we had to get on the bus and it was a getaway day. So we had to, we were going straight to the next town. So we hopped on the bus, slept all the way through, showed up. Uh, <laughs> we were going, I think we went to like little rock, Arkansas showed up and then basically had to go straight in and play again. So you sleep through that night on the bus um, I mean, it, it was just like, you know, things that you have to be able to deal with, you have to be able to adapt uh, or else, you, you know, like, and, and this is where you have to have that mentality. So if you don't have it already, you're not, you're going to struggle. Well, well, you're on the go, 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 yeah. like always having to adapt, not only on the road. I mean, yes, on the oh, road, and, and but the food there too, we would stop and we'd only eat like McDonald's. <laughs> McDonald's. Only, that was well, it. Yeah. Like that was the fuel that your professional uh-huh. athlete body was getting on. on and you some know of how you trips. feel after you eat McDonald's. Like, believe me, I love my Mickey oh. D's and my fries and all that stuff. But after I'm done, I'm like, well, that wasn't such a good idea. Yeah. So and can as you, you said, <laughs> as we talked about earlier, you're also in the hottest places yeah. in the <laughs> yes. world. They're in the summer months. Yeah. So it's humid and it's hot and you're feel you just ate a Big Mac and you're having to go out and play. And so, yeah, I mean, you have to be able to adapt and give like, I'll bring it back to, you have to be able to give a hundred percent, whatever you have that day. And you, well, yeah. <laughs> and at the drop of a, yeah. you know, you can, you, well, you guys, we yeah. went out and visited yeah. you in Iowa when you were playing, um, in the quad cities area yeah. and, um, you got called up, <laughs> uh, to, uh, what was it? Uh, Palm Double beach a? No, in high a, uh, Palm beach, Florida. High a. So yeah, got um he going from Iowa. They said you know play. Here's your game that you played tonight. Uh, right after five a.m. And then flight. you're on the flight the next morning. Um, you're going to Florida. Um, mind you, your whole family came out to see you <laughs> at that point. And um, so we ended up having to like you know Tyler had no time to pack up anything he had other than his you know necessities for playing. And he had his car, yeah. he had his apartment, he had all that. And you said, I thank God we were there because you yeah. had to go. Mm-hmm. And he, Tyler said, hey, mom, <laughs> hey, can mom. You drive? <laughs> mom and Kayla, can you drive my car to Florida from Iowa? Um, and, you know, there was no other option other than, you know, him leaving stuff. Yeah. And he had to be on the next flight in the morning yeah. to Florida. Sorry, you yeah, know? it's because no, thanks it for fun. coming out. Had a nice yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. I think Kevin and Chandler, yeah. um, they got there and then <laughs> they, they got to see one game that I don't think you yeah, played in. Say he and 
and uh, had to go home. But we had fun. We had a really great road trip was, after that. Yeah, yeah, we went through Nashville and Atlanta, and we went to Florida. Mm-hmm. So you just, you know, you're you welcome. Made, yeah, <laughs> thank you so much for the opportunity. But I will say those are the things that like, those are the fond memories I have, you know, that's, you know, sprouted from baseball because, you know, I wouldn't have had, uh, I don't know, cross country, not quite, not quite cross country, but, um, road trip where I got to see things and spend hours on hours on hours with mm-hmm. my mom. You're welcome too. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, it's, it's cool. how like you could very easily, Tyler could have easily been like, oh my God, I can't believe this and stuff, but this was an opportunity for him. And so he was off, you know, and then the rest of us, you know, for you and I, Kayla, it could have been like, I can't believe this isn't fit. You know, you could go off on everything that was unfair. Uh, we oh, just spent is, money to come out I here. I can't believe and, this. Yeah. And, you know, or who's going to take care of that? And what do they expect you to do? And it's like, you know what? This is the way it is. Like, Control the you know, our whole family that was, yeah. yeah, everybody that was there, we had um, our grandma, our great grandma and her husband and then stepdad and his daughter and me and mm-hmm. mom. And we were all out there and not one of us were like, I mean, we were all so excited because yeah. it was just such a great thing, you know? And so it was probably a very easy situation that we could have been like, um, damn it. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the yeah. heck? <laughs> we just got out here. But yeah, it was it was a great memory. And even the parts where I know Ke- Kevin um, and Chandler got out there, they watched. And I think that even there was a rain delay. I don't even know if they finished the game that they got to see. Yeah. And then it was like. That was when they had the big yeah. lightning storm. And they were like yep. playing like the thunder rolls by Garth Brooks. And <laughs> But even, yeah. you know, sometimes when you have like the tough times in your life where you do look back and you can say, oh, my God, do you remember that? Do you remember when we all yeah. did like it? There's so much about your perspective, about how you deal with the how you deal with things. And, um, you know, it's so funny too, Tyler, talking through all of this. I remember like, you know, as a mom saying you just want to you don't want to have you want to have as few what ifs as possible. You want obviously there's going to be things that happen that, you know, oh, my gosh, I wish I would have done this and stuff. But for baseball, you want to see how far you could go before you have to hang it up. Right. And you don't, you want to be able to say, Hey, I gave it all I had. I did everything within my control. This was how far I got so that you don't have regrets, um, going forward. And I know it was tough for you. Um, when it was finally time to quote unquote, hang up the cleats and kind of say, okay, I know it was tough for you too. So like, did any of this like preparation and the training that you had in baseball, help you in the process of when you had to take this thing. And as a player, I know baseball will never be gone from your life, but as a player, when you said, okay, that's it. Did yeah. any of that help you? I, well, I think at that time, um, you know, I had spent three seasons playing and, you know, towards the end, I, I had a really, I, I had a, a huge peak where I was kind of, I think a prospect and really had a shot at kind of getting to the big leagues and then I really hit a really low point where I couldn't. And I, you know, I will admit I was not, I, it was, I don't think I, I utilized these tools as much or, um, it was, it was hard for me to get back and I didn't have that success. And I kind of, you know, it, it just kind of, things can snowballed on me cause I wasn't really using some of this to mm-hmm. practice as much. Um, and that's kind of how it ended. I do, um, I, I look back and I think, do I, uh, you know, I, I wish I would have, I had the opportunity to go, um, my agent, after I got released by the Cardinals, 
um, said, Hey, look, I got a spring training invite to you for the angels and the A's for that following season. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, um, because I don't think I even knew that Tyler. I know you didn't. I'm like, wait, mm -hmm." and I'm like, I just, I think you were talking about like the, I knew you got an invitation or you were, you could go down and play like in South America in the fall or, or in the off season. Yeah. And I I was at that point, I didn't, I, I was kind of not over over it but you know you have to think that's all i did for what 20 something years yeah and you know i um i I wished i would have gone and played but when i look back and i think about what it takes to be a major league baseball player Uh and doing exactly everything we talked about from from today um and doing it on a day-to-day basis on the biggest stages possible i don't know if i was maybe cut out for it um, yeah. not to say that like all of it was for waste because it, I, I mean, I obviously learned so much. I was able to meet so many people that I didn't, I would have never, I, I have friends all over the country Yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, not that, and I, I, I still love baseball, but I'm okay. And I think I've accepted the fact that, you know, maybe I, 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 you know, not going to say nothing is possible, but, um, I don't know if I could have done it for as long as, you know, on a day-to-day basis, like these guys do on that stage. Um, because I, I watch major league baseball now and I look at the players and, and I think that they are, people don't really, or they kind of take for granted. They just kind of watch players, but man, these guys are amazing at what they do. Um, but I, I don't have any, any regrets. I, I, I regret that I didn't go back and play and maybe try it a little bit more, but I, I don't have any like other like, regrets yeah. about how, how hard I worked. Well, and I think that's important. And well, there's so much too, that you have to sacrifice that as you're getting older, right. And you're having a life, there's things that have to get put on hold things that you don't like. I always say you can, you know, you can do anything you want, but you can't have everything all at the same time. And you had kids. Yeah. I I didn't mention that, but that was a huge factor into why, you know, it was just being away from at that point. I had two kids at that point. And so, um, you know, not being there and just kind of not really knowing where your life's going to go. If you're going to make it to the major leagues, um, you know, just kind of, you know, not really having a plan for life after baseball was Mm -hmm. kind of wearing on me a little bit at the same time and not being with the kids. So that played into it a lot. Um, but yeah, you know, for me, I, I, I enjoy being around my kids and, you know, who knows what, you know, what could have happened, but, um, no, I, I, I love being a dad and I, and I love being with my kids, so I can't complain at all. Yeah. And I think it's, that's one of those things that, you know, as you go forward, you can look and say, you know, what would you have had the skill or the mental toughness or whatever it needs, you know, to have gotten to the major leagues and played there with, a, I know you watch and a lot of your friends and people that you know are in the major leagues right now. So you're, yeah. you probably see that, but at the same time, then you look and say, you know, there's a lot of things that those guys, you know, are having to either juggle or give up or have had to delay or, and, you know, and I'm sure they're getting some, some great payoffs and some experiences and things. There's pros and cons to everything. But once you get to that place, you know, it, it shows, of course, I'm biased too, but it shows that, you know, you love being a dad and, you know, you kind of have to take a look at, um, you know, whether it's, whether it's what you choose for baseball or what any of us would say, like, Hey, when you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And so at one point, at some point, 
you get to the place where you have to you you have to choose. I mean, imagine trying to raise a family on what you make in the minor leagues. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, so yeah, I think that um, I think that's so you can tell like this. I'm sure that these things we know that you've said that it helped you in the in your process in the minor leagues at least you know the mental part of it or the things that you either that you did or didn't embrace uh the whole time because no one does it all the time perfectly um have those things now helped you the learning the confidence the preparation the planning the control the controllables and being present and dealing with failure has that now helped you in your life after baseball and as a dad 100%. 100%. And as a husband. Like I, I use this, I, I mean, like I, I, I mentioned it before. I mean, I use a lot of this stuff daily um, still to this day. Um, I Like like I mentioned earlier, giving the 100% whatever I have, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm a dad. I got to be able to, I got to be there for my kids regardless of what happened, <laughs> yeah. you know, of how I'm feeling. Yeah. So um, yeah, just, I mean, in everything and, you know, for work and having the confidence in your preparation and doing, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, in meetings and stuff like that, you know, for those of you that didn't know, I did used to work for me and my big idea. So, um, yeah, we didn't even go down that <laughs> road. Yeah, that. we didn't say <laughs> that. But a lot of those things, you know, having to, to deal with those were some meetings that I didn't really ever have experience doing. But I don't know if I would have handled it the same if I didn't have some of the stuff that, um, you know, some of those stuff was nerve wracking for me. But, um, you know, walking into a um, a Walmart meeting and <laughs> yeah. just be, come from, from yeah. playing baseball. And, um, I think there's a lot of things that I, I brought into that as well. So 100%. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I use this stuff daily. That's that's I, I can definitely say, Oh, I'm just going into a meeting with the world's biggest retailer, you know, like you have to be prepared <laughs> yeah. and you've got to be, you know, a little bit confident, even if you're not sure that you, you know, you don't have all the answers. Exactly. Oh my gosh! I swear we could talk about this forever. I could talk about this forever because you know. know I like. I, just I could talk to you guys forever. I know. Maybe we should just have <laughs> a separate know. podcast, and we can just. I mean, we could talk literally for those <laughs> for those listeners that um, that don't know us personally, which you know are all all the all of you. Um, like we could sit and talk. <laughs> Me, Tyler, and Kayla could just sit and talk because we're the three best friends that anyone could have. We're we're pretty weird, so. <laughs> Maybe yeah. you guys would get entertainment out of that. Yeah, it's it's actually it'd be kind of funny. <laughs> it's it's possible because you know when you go through tough times together. I mean, we I was my kids have always been my greatest accomplishment, the what I'm most proud of in my whole life, and um and I'm just so proud of the adults that they both are. And you know we've had some so much fun together. We've had some really great times, and then we've as the three of us have gone through some really tough times together, and we've just always been there for each other and so we formed this bond that is just it's just unbreakable and it's so and and at the same time um you know we like to goof off and have fun and we have a lot of the same uh things that we like and so yeah it's just it's fun hanging out with you guys and um I'm really happy to introduce our listeners to you Tyler um I know you're not huge on social media like, like your mom and your yes. sister, but um, for I know you have a couple places that people um can find you, right? Yes. Uh, for everyone listening, I used to be on all the social media <laughs> platforms, and then I kind of like was off it for about five years or so. For and years. Just now, I just got an Instagram, a Facebook, and then I'm um. I, I, it, in response to, I start. I, I have a baseball mm-hmm. podcast myself. It's called the Brushback Baseball Podcast. Yes. So 
you know, I got to be on some of those platforms. So I do have a, a Facebook and an Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is at Tyler.Ramatula, I believe. We'll put the uh, link with all the you'll stuff. You'll do it. Okay. Yeah, okay. We'll link okay. Them. I was like, gosh, I don't know this stuff off the top of my head. But yeah, um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and then our YouTube. Um, you guys can put the, I don't know if you guys want to put the link to our, uh, our yeah, YouTube channel totally. too. So um, yeah. And for anybody that, you know, um, is in, you know, they have a wonderful podcast that dives into baseball. So if we, you're interested we in, did talk, you know, we talk a lot about the mental side. Uh, of stuff yeah. that we just talked about today, but a little bit more in depth if you're kind of uh, familiar with baseball. If you're missing it. Or if you have. <laughs> or if you're missing baseball, yeah. yes. Or if you have, you know, kids that are interested in sports um, or family members, it's a great listen. Um, they have really cool guests that are in the industry, um, sports industry. So definitely check it's that out. It's an interesting uh, setup. So Tyler and uh, his co-host, David, David is more of what the enthusiast and the the office kind of yeah he's more of like the a general what a, a, he his brain thinks more of like a general manager and he has more of the analytics and the uh contracts and the you know where where guys uh payroll salaries are at and how you know things that they have to do contractually i'm more of obviously having the on-field experience and knowing what, how players feel in certain situations so we kind of like have that dynamic where we're kind of on two uh, opposite ends of the baseball spectrum but we kind of come together and just talk about things I love I like the um, the balance between the two of you guys. So we would highly suggest you guys go check out and share uh, Tyler and David's podcast, the B Brushback Baseball podcast. And we will put all of the links and a bunch of kind of just uh, highlights of this um, over on our website, planahappylife.com. And um, Tyler, thank you so much. I can't wait till I can give you yeah, and the you. boys and Clarissa a big in-life hug. Things you take for granted. I know. I know. I know. So thank you guys so much for joining us. And um, until we until we meet again next week, see you later. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Plan a Happy Life. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends, family, or anyone on their own happiness journey. We'll see you next week.